Welcome in. It's episode number 17 of the Jones Report Postgame Report. Doug or Jones are with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on today's show in just a bit, we'll look back at the weekend that was in the National Football League in the Super Wild Card weekend. And it was definitely just that. We'll uh, recap that and break it all down for you, what it all means to the Kansas City Chiefs as well as they go forward. We'll also talk about the College Football Playoff National Championship coming up tonight between Alabama and Ohio State. Tell you everything you need to know about that matchup. Before we get too far along in today's show, I want to remind you, as always, to subscribe to the Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. And also on social media, facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live and Tyler Jones Media Group. Instagram, Jones underscore report and Tyler Jones Live. Twitter at Tyler Jones Live and at TJ Media Group is where you can find us there. We'd certainly appreciate hearing from you on all of those platforms. And we have new episodes of this show out each and every Monday and Thursday, as well as the Let's Go Racing with David Starr podcast. New episodes of that available on Tuesdays. So certainly... Uh, some great stuff there that uh, you'll certainly want to check out if uh, you get the chance to do so. The question that we always ask on these Monday shows to get things started is a simple one. What did we learn from over the weekend? And I learned that the internet is still undefeated when it comes to trolling as uh, Mitch Trubisky earned the coveted award of the NVD, the Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player, after his performance that included uh, a little more than five first downs and nine points in a loss to the Saints on Sunday. Trubisky under 200 yards passing. He did have a touchdown. And uh, I could not help but laugh that Trubisky, he goes out his final game with the Bears with the uh, Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player Award. Uh, great job, Internet. You remain undefeated. You continue to do your job. And uh, the kids at home, you know, that were watching a Nickelodeon, first off, Nate Burleson and all those people, uh, Noah Eagle, uh, I and Son, that, that pulled off this broadcast, did a great job. Made it entertaining for the kids and the adults. I don't even think I turned down the CBS broadcast uh, at all on Sunday. I just watched the Nickelodeon broadcast. It was hilarious what those guys came up with and put together. And, you know, I, I was wondering how you're going to explain Manti Teo's girlfriend to the kids out there. Uh, you're going to have to use SpongeBob's imagination or something. Um, and, you know, we, we end up throwing out young Sheldon out there to give us the uh, rules and such. Uh, not a big fan of young Sheldon, but it was certainly creative. I'll give him credit on that. And it, it was very funny that after the uh, game finished, they go to an episode of Young Sheldon where he's promoting sports gambling. Uh, so the kids get exposed to that. That's certainly what they need to hear at, uh, at a young age like that. Um, <laughs> so all of that was, was just hilarious. I, I loved what they, uh, they put together. But then having to explain to kids that, you know what, Mitch Trubisky, this guy is the Nickelodeon's valuable player. And they were trying to spin it as, well, he's still trying hard. He's still playing his best out there, giving all his effort and such. That was quite the spin zone for Trubisky uh, to get the uh, NVD. And a fitting end to his time in uh, Chicago. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, they don't have an NVD award, uh, MV MVP award uh, like that. So 
Uh, congrats to Mitch Trubisky uh, to, to get that award and uh, in a losing playoff effort there. So that is what I learned this weekend, is the internet is still undefeated, and uh, the kids are having to learn about Mitch Trubisky. I just hope that they didn't have to you know, ask themselves why the Bears chose Mitch over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. That's a whole other topic for another day. We'll save the kids in Chicago from those nightmares. But nonetheless, uh, a, a funny moment on uh, Sunday with the Nickelodeon broadcast there. With that being said, let's go through these NFL playoff games from over the weekend. Let's start on Saturday. The Bills with a 27-24 win over the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, there were some questionable decisions uh, made by Frank Wright in this game. Um, and then, of course, you had the controversy at the end of the game there about uh, whether the turnover happened or not. And ultimately, a replay made the right call, made the wrong call. And uh, when the game should have ended right there, gave the Colts another shot, but they didn't execute accordingly. And Josh Allen leads the Bills to their first playoff win since 1995. He was terrific, 324 yards and two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs was just fantastic with 128 yards and one touchdown, six catches on the day. Uh, great win for the Buffalo Bills. These guys were just fantastic. And, you know, you, you, you betters out there might be saying to yourselves, you know, well, why is, uh, if the Bills played so good, why didn't they cover? Well, this Indy team at 11-5 and five this year with the season they put together, this was a really good football team um, that, you know, should not be taken lightly. They were going to be a tough challenge for anybody that they were going to face. Um don't read too much into the Bills only winning by three here. The Bills are playing some fantastic football. and They put up every game in the playoffs is going to be tough. And, you know, they took this challenge head on and uh, played really well. So I like what I saw from Buffalo. Big time win for them. And uh, Josh Allen and this offense continuing to roll, just making it look easy. Um, you know, that, that's the thing when you look at this Buffalo Bills team is, that the offense is just in a rhythm right now. Whether it's the passing game or Josh Allen running the football, they have something going that's working well for them right now. And uh, you, you got to respect that. I mean, they going into the playoffs, they were playing the best football of anybody right now. And uh, they showed no reason why that, to think that they won't let up here uh, at this point. So a... Uh, Good performance from the Bills as they move on to uh, the divisional round. The Rams with the win over the Seahawks, 30-20. to And uh, Wolford, the uh, CFL quarterback, uh, you know, suffered a brutal injury there. I believe it was in the second quarter. And Jared Goff had to come in. Goff had a broken thumb. And he looked terrible out there. But it was good enough as the run game was fantastic. I mean, Aaron Donald was just phenomenal. This, uh, this Rams defense, uh, they won this game. Aaron Donald, you could argue, singly won this game for the L.A. Rams. They were getting constant pressure on the Seahawks. The Seahawks just had no answer for what the L.A. Rams were doing. It was a tremendous performance from, uh, from them on that side of the ball uh, to do what they did. I mean, it, it, it was fantastic. And uh, Seattle, we told you from uh, the get-go of this playoffs that they were they were a fraud, that you know they weren't going to go anywhere. But I didn't think it was going to be to a team with 
playing a backup quarterback or or a quarterback with a, a broken thumb. But that's what happened here. And, and the Rams, you know, I don't think this team can win next week against Green Bay. And we'll touch on that more in just a bit. Um, but this was a game that where they were within reach. You know, going into this game, if both teams were healthy, I think you would have said the Rams were the better team, but they weren't the healthier team, so people were quick to take the Seahawks here. Um, but they they got past those issues. Remember, the Rams stumbled into the playoffs. They lost to the Jets. Um, these injuries that they dealt with of sorts, but they still found a way. You look at that game against the Cardinals the week before, now this too. Credit to Sean McVay for finding ways for his team to get through these things for playing through adversity that's what the Rams are doing right now and that goes back to coaching great job by Sean McVay to do what he's doing with that Rams team to be in this position that they are in right now and uh you know in order to beat Green Bay it's going to take another type of these performances you know Aaron Donald got banged up a bit I don't know what his status is going to be against Green Bay um but they're going to need him and they're going to need him uh to have quite the day to uh, you know, give the Rams a chance against the Packers there, but nonetheless, uh, that's why Aaron Donald's you know the best defensive player in football. This guy was being double teamed constantly and still found ways to get pressure on Russell Wilson and company. You look at the Seahawks; their defense certainly improved throughout the season with Jamal Adams and company. They made some big plays, but this offense just fell flat. Um, remember, this offense was supposed to be all that in a bag of chips. Um, at the beginning of the year, they were lighting teams up one by one. But here's what we discovered uh, with the Seahawks this year was their offensive line was terrible. Uh, DK Metcalf was was great. Um, but he and Tyler Lockett are not enough. They're going to need a tight end. They're going to need to draft another receiver. Chris Carson is going to need another running back to play alongside with. I'm not even a huge Chris Carson fan, to be honest, either. Um after a while, teams figured them out. They're going to need some more weapons. The Seahawks are going to need to make some wholesale changes when it comes to this offseason if they want to get back to being a Super Bowl threat of any kind. The Buccaneers get the win over the Washington football team, 31-23. to Tom Brady, he lit it up, 22-40, uh, 381 yards and two touchdowns. And if you remember at this time last year, a lot of people were saying after that performance against Tennessee that Brady was washed, he was done, he didn't have anything left in the tank, and Brady shows up to Tampa this year only to throw 40 touchdowns and you know just throw it around the yard to Mike Evans and Brady and Godwin and you know Antonio Brown and these guys. I mean Brady was just on it, and you know his completion percentage sure wasn't great, but close to 400 yards passing at 43, 44 years old. Unbelievable. Um, now, they, they faced a pretty difficult challenge, actually, in Washington. Washington, without Alex Smith, people were quick to dismiss and say that this Washington team didn't have much of a shot. It's a 7-9 team without their starting quarterback. Um, you know, The record showed for Washington going into this game the last three years that when Alex Smith is under center, this is not a bad football team. But when he's not there, they got some serious issues. Taylor Heineke, this dude was a quarterback in the XFL last year, but he wasn't even, you know, a, a starter. He was a backup in the XFL and, you know, finds his way onto the football field for Washington after uh, Dwayne Haskins has 
his issues and such. And this guy just balled out. And this was his first career start. And he had over 300 yards passing, 46 rushing yards. He was a problem for Tampa Bay. Uh, I was so impressed with him. And, you know, this Washington team, you know, they, they need a quarterback, obviously. I don't know if Heineke's your guy, but he certainly has earned the right to compete for a job somewhere next year. But you go get a quarterback, um, another receiver or two, get a tight end. Washington actually has a pretty decent future, believe it or not. That defense is set. Chase Young and that defensive line, that's the best defensive line in football. And, you know, they got some players on that backside, Kendall Fuller and several others. I mean, they got some talented dudes. Washington is set up, and they got a heck of a coach in Ron Rivera. I like Ron Rivera and what he's done. So with with all that being said here, um, Washington put up a fight, and they're not going away. This team might have the brightest future of anybody in the NFC East right now, which is saying something. Um, But, you know, Brady and company, this team, ever since that bye week, since they had that week off to try to figure things out, they have been a different bunch. And we've seen that Brady and Bruce Arians have kind of worked things out, um, in particular with uh, balancing the the air attack, the long passing game, the short passing game. They're getting stuff together. And now they head to New Orleans this week, and we'll talk about this game more later. But you look at that game and you say, well, it's hard to beat a team three times. And the Bucs, we've said all season long, are going to be a different team as this season goes along. And they do not look like a shade of themselves like they did in those previous two matchups. That is fascinating. That's intriguing to me. Also, on just a KU front, I, I was excited for Steven Sims to be involved in that touchdown grab he had for Washington. This was a guy that, when he was at the University of Kansas, his offensive line was so bad, and David Beatty did such a bad job with the offensive scheme that Steven Sims, about every other catch he was making at KU, was a was a screen pass of some sorts. Um, you know, all these bubble screens all the time. Didn't really get to show off how good he really was. And now he, he actually made an impact. You know, he had some nice grabs there for Washington. So I'm happy for him that he's found a home in Washington and Uh, things have steadied for him, that he's had a solid career there with the uh, Washington football team. But the Washington football team eliminated, uh, finishes the year at 7-9 as the NFC East champs. Got to stay the football team now. No choice. Uh, The Bucs move on, and they're playing really good football uh, at this point going forward. Uh, On Sunday, the Ravens took out the Titans. The Titans came out hot in this game. Ten points in the first quarter. It looked like this game was going to go their way, that they could run away with this one based on the way things started. But then the offense for Tennessee just really stalled out. Um, Baltimore really focused on shutting down Derrick Henry, and they did shut down Derrick Henry. And then Tennessee had no answer after that. They couldn't get the passing game to work. Anything other than A.J. Brown just wasn't there. This Tennessee team got exposed. Similar in the same way that the Ravens exposed that they exposed the Ravens a season ago. Um, you know this one for for Tennessee. Uh, I like Mike Vrabel. I think he's one of the better coaches in the National Football League, especially when it comes to young guys. But he got out coached by John Harbaugh. 
Harbaugh's staff came up with just a much better game plan and were more prepared for this game than uh, than Tennessee was. Uh, they made adjustments as this game went along. And, you know, the, the story going into this game was about Lamar Jackson and defeating this narrative that's out there about Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, that he hadn't won a playoff game and such, and which was just ridiculous. I thought it was worth bringing up. Yeah, Lamar hasn't won a playoff game yet, but there was this whole idea in mind, and Lamar even talked about it before the game, of that Lamar Jackson can't win a playoff game. And I'm like, so there's people out there that think Lamar can't beat Tennessee? I thought that was absurd to think about. Um, Lamar Jackson was ready for this game. And, you know, he, he still didn't throw the ball great. He had less than 200 yards passing and one interception. But what Lamar did really well, what I liked from him and what he needs to focus on going forward is playing to his strengths. He rushed the ball for over 136 yards on the ground. Some of his best runs on Sunday weren't even designed runs. They were taking nothing and turning it into something. That says a lot about Lamar Jackson. That's what you do. What great quarterbacks do is take those bad situations and turn them into something good. And so for Lamar Jackson and company, for this team going forward, um, you know, John Harbaugh, Continuing to make adjustments throughout the game goes along. That's a good sign. But Lamar Jackson, you know, he, he does not have the arm strength. He, he is not a good passer down the field, simply put. Lamar Jackson's focus is going to be going forward. It's going to have to be playing to his strengths. The short passing game, escaping from pressure, that run ability. Play to your strengths and, and work on those other things. If Baltimore is going to win the Super Bowl this year, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to require. It's Lamar playing to his strengths, but nonetheless, a big time win there uh, against Tennessee with uh, what they were able to do in the Ravens' defense. This group was heavily criticized at one point this year. These guys have come to life. Marcus Peters with that play, and then you know they stomped on the logo afterwards. A lot of people had an issue with that. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I had no issue with what the Ravens did post-game, but it was vintage Marcus Peters. Um, but you got him and some of these other guys. This Ravens defense has stepped up. And, you know, I, I think like the Pittsburgh Steelers in the same sense with the Ravens is that, you know, over your history, your teams have identities. You know, the Steelers have an identity of being a physical, run-first football team with a hard-nosed defense. And that is who they are. And no matter how many times they throw the football, people know what the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers is. For the Baltimore Ravens, that physical, tough defense that gets turnovers, that makes big plays, that is the identity of the Baltimore Ravens, and they're getting back to that. You can see it with the way they performed on Sunday in that win against Tennessee. Six straight wins to the Ravens. I said going into this playoffs, the Ravens are a team I would not want to face right now. And, you know, Lamar gets that playoff win, gets the monkey off his back, if you want to call it that, whatever it may be. This is big for the Ravens. Uh, watch out for that team going forward. They're playing red hot right now. The Saints get the win over the Bears. Uh, Breeze had a decent day, 28 of 39, 265 yards and two touchdowns. Kamara with near 100 yards rushing. Uh, Deontay Harris with a good day receiving and such. Um, not the best day for the Saints offensively. Um but the way that they've played the last few weeks, even with this one, and really 
you know, there was a, they could have won this by, realistically, you know, they should have had a touchdown there at the end, and, and the Bears had a garbage time score. The, the score was not indicative of how much the Saints dominated. They should have won this game about 28-3, to realistically, is what the final score should have been in this game. But what have we been telling you about the New Orleans Saints over the last few weeks? That the Saints are playing really good football. Their offense is clicking. Their defense looks like one of the best defenses in the league. And Drew Brees still isn't 100% healthy. He still isn't playing to what he's capable of because he's still recovering. And Drew Brees had a good day. You know, not a great day, but a good day. But you could see improvement within Drew Brees. And so while the Saints fans out there might be thinking, you know, we, we let the Bears hang around. We, we weren't too flashy and such. Your quarterback played better. And if you get the Saints to play like they played towards the end of the season and Drew Brees to play just like he did Sunday and get healthier, watch out for this Saints team. Um, I would not be overly concerned if I'm a Saints fan after that Bears performance. You may be upset thinking that you should have won by more, but that's okay. Um, this team right now going into this game against the Bucs. And although we said that the Bucs, um, you know, are, are playing their best football of the year, I would make the case with the Saints as well. That um, even though the Saints have not seen the Bucs like they're about to see them, um, the Saints are playing their best football too. It's going to make for a heck of a matchup come Sunday when, uh, when these two teams get together. Mitch Trubisky, his time's over. Um, you know, the Bears, I think you're looking at this team. You move on from Mitch. You, you got to get a new GM. I don't know if the future is certain for Matt Nagy as head coach there, but the Bears have serious problems. Um, that was a bad team that just happened to get lucky and make the postseason. Don't be fooled by the fact that the Bears made the playoffs. This was an expanded playoff with seven teams making the postseason. The Bears are an awful football team. Uh, they need to make some wholesale changes this offseason uh, that begin up top with the GM. Uh, and then you figure out things from there. Ryan Pace and company's got to go. Uh, the Browns with the win over the Steelers. Now, I, I heard Orlovsky on uh, on the Get Up program on, uh, on, on ESPN this morning. And uh, he said an interesting take uh, about this game. He said that, you know, this was the most impressive football win he's ever seen. Now, that might be a bit of a reach, but there was an interesting point by Orlovsky that I liked of what he said, was that when you looked at this game, th there was no way, no one in their minds thought that the Browns would win this game and win it like this. Th you played out all the scenarios. Your analytics nerds are punching all the numbers of with the Browns having guys out and, and trying to figure out that situation and, and how to go about this and such. And under no scenario, no Madden simulation of any kind, does the Browns win this game 48-37. to Nothing added up at all. 28 points in the first quarter. The most points in the first quarter of any team ever, ever in the playoffs. Unbelievable what the Browns did. Um, now, here's the thing. I point to, you know, you, you didn't have Stefanski, your head coach, but he had a great game plan. He was still all a part of putting this together. 
Um, and, and the Browns did have some luck go their way when they did get a few of those scores early in that first quarter. Those things all did happen. There's no denying that for sure. Um, but you got a point to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was outstanding yesterday. Um, Baker Mayfield's a leader. This guy, you know, lays it out on the line every single week. And, you know, Baker had a rough season last year, had a good rookie year. But when your backs are against the wall, when you don't have your head coach, Baker Mayfield rose to the occasion and led this football team and did what it did what it takes. This win was all about Baker Mayfield. 263 yards passing, three touchdowns, first playoff win for the Browns in a very long time. Um, credit to Baker Mayfield. I know a lot of skeptics out there, you know, were, were after Baker Mayfield and and uh, and you know said so many things about him over the years and such, but Baker deserves credit for this win. Uh, for what he put together. The run game was solid with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, Jarvis Landry was really good receiving the football. I mean, just a great team win for the Browns, starting with their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, uh, getting this all put together. And to think that they were without, you know, a couple offensive linemen so shorthanded there and still were effective, um, still gave Baker a great showing from the Browns to be able to do what they did. Meanwhile, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben was just awful in most of this game. Four passes for over 500 yards. And they were playing from behind, so a lot of those... Mike Tomlin coached a horrible game. I've never been a fan of Mike Tomlin. Um, Mike Tomlin should be fired immediately. Um, and, you know, the Steelers had no run game of no sorts, of any sorts. Big in Pittsburgh over the years. You know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, the and all the clutch moments. I mean, there was times where if there was two minutes on the clock and you needed a game-winning drive, there was a point in time you'd take Big Ben over any quarterback in the league. That's how good Big Ben was in those moments over the years. Um, but he has no arm strength. He has nothing left in the tank anymore, and that showed. Um, 39 years old, Ben's been beaten alive throughout his career dealt with all sorts of injuries, but still found a way to fight. Even in this case, when he had thrown four interceptions, he still did not go out without a fight. And uh, so I, I applaud Big Ben for his effort and what he's done there. Just a great career in Pittsburgh, probably the last time we've seen him uh, in the National Football League. But Ben, you look at this team, and he uh, didn't have any running game of any sorts. Um you know, James Conner and Benny Snell are not the answers. Pittsburgh needs to draft a running. Pittsburgh needed to help out with that that fumble at the beginning of the game there. Um, they need new guys. Um, you know, the, Eric Ebron's all right, but they need another um, that he's going to demand, especially when you've gotten uh, and such there. We're, we're about to see some big changes with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, you know, Big Ben is due $40 million if he were to play next year. I think the Steelers next season have to find a quarterback, a new running back, a new center, and a new tight end, and for up to be a new head coach. But I don't see the Steelers moving on from Mike Tomlin as much as I would like. Um, this Steelers team, you know, at 12-4 and four this year, we all knew that they were a fraud. Their defense, you know, was 
one of the best teams defenses in the league this year. I don't even blame them for giving up 48 points yesterday because the offense gave uh, you know Cleveland so many short fields and such that that was bound to happen that Cleveland was going to put up points with the turnovers and the mistakes the offense made. So uh, T.J. Watt, you know, he's the face of this Steeler franchise right now. He'll be the defensive player of the year. Um, Steelers got to make some big changes, but they'll be back. And this franchise does things the right way. They have to get back to their identity of running the football and being a run-first football team and winning with their defense. That's what they got to go back to doing. But we'll uh, we'll see where things go from here. So there you have That is your look, a recap of the NFL wildcard weekend here on the Jones Report. So now, what does all this mean for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? Um, here's how this all stacks up now. The Rams will play Green Bay coming up Saturday at – uh, 335. Uh, that's going to be on the Big Fox Network with uh, Joe, and and uh, he always likes to remind you he's a Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. Uh, then you got on NBC on a Saturday night, Baltimore and a Buffalo. They gave it 715 on NBC with Alan Chris. Alan Chris, by the way, I love those guys. They called a bad game last night. They, they were not on their A game. Uh, and Tony Dungy the other night was just boring as hell. My goodness. Um, hopefully they have a better performance. And where, where was Carrie Underwood? We didn't get Carrie Underwood on a Sunday night last night. That, that should be illegal. Um, Sunday you'll get Cleveland and Kansas City. That'll be uh, Jim and Tony uh, on the call for that one. Baker versus Mahomes. And then uh, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. Uh, that game uh, should be on Fox. I think Joe and Troy will do Tampa New Orleans, and they'll put Green Bay L.A. with uh, – with Kev, looks like this week. So, here's how things stack up for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, with, you know, sitting out week 17 and that loss to the Chargers when the Chiefs for the Kansas City Chiefs. Got to beat Cleveland, and then you got to beat the winner of Baltimore. Uh, home field advantage is non-existent with 16,000 fans at Arrowhead. So, now you know your path going forward. That's what it takes to get to Tampa to try to go repeat. If you're Kansas City, here's what you're hoping is the case. Now, that Cleveland left everything in the tank, like Pittsburgh on the road, and you hope that they have nothing left. That's what you're asked all season long about the Kansas City Chiefs, whether they were holding something back or if playing down to their competition, whatever you want to call it, is who they really were all along. We will get that answer come Sunday. We will know what that really means. And so what I have been of the belief of, and if you've been listening to this show, you know I've said this for quite some time, that the Chiefs have held something back. They haven't showed all their cards that they haven't needed to show all their cards at this point. And so um, with, with all that being said, I think that the Browns, are playing really good football right now. No doubt about it. Baker Mayfield has been fantastic. Um, you know, the, the Browns are, are, are a good football team. But the Chiefs, I think, have something left in the tank. And this offense, you know, playoff Sammy Watkins, all that stuff, it's about to... all season long with this team. 
and two weeks off to prepare and get in the right mindset and all that, that's going to go a long way. The, the season doesn't start for the Kansas City Chiefs until Sunday. Um, this whole year was about getting back to the Super Bowl and repeating. That was the whole point of this season for the Kansas City Chiefs. And so, with all that being said, I think um, the best football is in front of the Kansas City Chiefs here, that they are going to have something left in the tank. You, you just think injury-wise. You should get Mitchell Schwartz back. That's what we've been told, anyway, that he was going to be ready come playoff time for that offensive line. The offensive line starts. of the defense in 2018 and 2019 paycheck that he was given uh, for this season. But in the last Alex Okafor, those guys step up. The offensive line really came a long way. That was that was big to see uh, what what he was able to do and uh, and, and these guys back there uh, your your secondary uh, is uh, is coming together. Juan Thornhill should be healthier. You would think he's been dealing with recovering from that ACL all season long. Um, you know I, I'm not a big Dan Sorensen fan, but to his credit, he's had a few big moments in the playoffs. Uh, over the years. Um, so maybe you see him step up of some sorts. Uh, as much as that pains me to say, maybe you get a better Dan Sorensen than what you've gotten in the past. Um, so that's what I look at with this Chiefs team is not only offensively do they have something left, I think defensively there's something to be unleashed from the Chiefs um, that we have started to see some shades of the last couple weeks that's really going to come together come playoff time, that Spags will have something dialed up here. As far as this matchup with, with Cleveland goes, um, you know, I, I think that you try to make Baker Mayfield beat you. Take away the run, because when Cleveland is most effective, it's when they're running the football to open up the pass game for Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, when, when Baker is forced to throw the football, when the run game is not there, that's when mistakes happen. And you may ask yourself, well, who would you rather see? Would you rather see Baltimore or you rather see Buffalo? Confidence, by any means. I think that you look at that you say, well, we'd rather face face uh, as far as what that matchup would uh, present between those two teams uh, on uh, on that front there. But, you know, we'll talk about these games more later in the week. But the Rams and the Packers, <clears throat> it's going to come down to whether Goff continues to get over this thumb injury and if uh, Aaron Donald is back and if that defense plays great. If those things happen, the Rams have a shot. They could beat Green Bay there in, uh, in Green Bay on the road, but we'll see. We're kind of waiting for the answers to those questions. Baltimore and Buffalo should be a heck of a football game between two very good teams here. Um, you know, the, the question I have for... This matchup is Baltimore's defense. Josh Allen and company. Can they uh, slow him? You know, the, you know, Baltimore took away the run game, and they had no answer for his football team. 
take away the run, okay, well, Josh Allen, he's still going to figure things out. So I'm looking at Baltimore's defense, I think, is going to be something to watch for. And uh, But as um, you know, we said that Cleveland, there was no possible scenario where they win last week the way they did against Pittsburgh. I think if you're Kansas City, you're hoping that you don't have that um, scenario that seemed impossible. Prepare for everything this week. Prepare for everything. And in particular, take away that run game. Maybe do something similar to what Baltimore did to Tennessee. Focus on shutting down that run. Make Baker Mayfield beat you. Um, both these guys in college, Baker and uh, Patrick Mahomes, remember they were at Texas Tech at separate times. Actually, Baker Mayfield was on. Uh, they had one of the greatest college football battles in history. Uh, I remember watching that game live, and and, and at one point it got boring because the backs were just so good uh, between those two. Uh, you know, they, they have history field to it. I think you're looking at a shootout Sunday between Cleveland and Kansas City. I, I really do. I think that, you know, the Chiefs have not had to play like they did in, in a 2018 too often because how much the defense improved. I think we see uh, an old-fashioned Big 12 shootout when it's all said and done. This will be the second time these guys have played since they've been in the league. Um, Holmes got the better of uh, Mahomes in the first matchup, but uh, of uh, Mayfield in the first matchup, but I think uh, we're looking at a shootout between these two. Cleveland can win this game. I think they're very capable of it. Um, but, you know, everything points to that things should go to the Chiefs' way. They're the better football team. Um, but I want to rule out Cleveland's chances. New Orleans and Tampa, that game there, um, you know, both teams are very different, even with the previous two meetings, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, I think that if Drew Brees plays at about 80 to 85% of what he's capable of, depending on where his injuries are at. And the rest of the Saints around him take care of business. The Saints should win this game. But we don't know. What Drew Brees are we going to see? That is the million-dollar question when it comes down to this game. So there you have it. That's your look around the NFL playoffs for this week uh, as we head into the uh, let's talk college football playoff. The college football playoff national championship coming up tonight between Ohio State, if you recall, uh, has a bit of COVID issues. And, and uh, Justin Fields is uh, still recovering from that, that uh, rib injury, and yet he still played phenomenal afterwards in leading Ohio. Um, he's going to need to play like that again. Um, you know, Trace Ohio State. Um, but you, you look at this Alabama team, and they are with that performance on, you know, the, the other night, uh, that matches Ohio State. The, the All-American teams came out just a couple days ago. Alabama had six first-team All-Americans, including the Heisman Trophy winner. They had the Maxwell Award winner. Uh, this team won everything. They are one of the most incredible football teams I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, they, they go undefeated playing an SEC schedule all year long. No, no, they didn't play Georgia Southern, okay? They went undefeated playing everybody in the SEC, playing 10 SEC games and a conference title game and uh, winning their playoff game 
They, they are such a talented team. And then Jalen Waddell might play tonight. And Devonta Smith, who was the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, before Waddell got hurt. And then he took off. If Waddell, um, that, that's just not fair. And, and I'm happy for Waddle. He's going to be a top 10 pick, as will Devonta Smith. Um, but that's just a lot of talent on the field. Ohio State, they can win this game. I'm not ruling out that possibility. Um, it's going to take a perfect game, uh, much similar to what they played against Clemson. But Ohio, but with Alabama, all that talent's out there. The head coach, um, you know, some people will point to the coaching experience of you know, Saban versus Ryan Day, that he's been there in these situations, done that. I don't think that's a big deal, but just given the choice, I'll take Nick Saban over Ryan Day. Shape tonight. You know, seven and a half is the line. I think that they take care of business. I'll be even with the issues that Ohio State has with some guys potentially missing with COVID. It's a blowout. But I think uh, this game will be within 10 points. And going in, we said, look, Clemson's a good team. They're a talented football team with Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Justin Ross, and those guys. But LSU is, you know, was was an NFL team essentially last year with a Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and uh, you know, all those guys that, uh, that LSU had. Clemson fought as hard as they could, but it wasn't enough. And LSU pulled away, ended up winning by double digits. Um, Clemson wasn't bad, but LSU was just better. I think you have another case here where Ohio State's a good football team, but Ohio, but Alabama is just simply better. There's too much down on that field for uh, Alabama for for Ohio State to handle from Alabama um, as uh, far as that goes. So there you have it, the national championship game coming up tonight, and uh, if Alabama takes care of business here, then you're looking at what is this? The third national title in the college football playoff era for Nick Saban. We've been doing this thing, what, this is seven years now, and Nick would have three of them? Uh, unbelievable. And I don't know if Nick's hanging it up anytime soon. I don't think he should. As long as he's still winning national titles and still happy and healthy, keep going after it. Uh, some folks are you know, wanting him to step aside and such to, uh, you know, saying that, you know, wins enough is enough. But if he's still going at it, why not, right? So uh, that should be fun. We'll uh, recap it all, look back at the national title game coming up on uh, Thursday's show. We'll also preview more of the NFL playoff games, go more in-depth on that, uh, of what's coming up in this divisional round. So I look forward to that. We will see you then. And a reminder to subscribe to the Jones Report and uh, uh, check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those great social media sites. Uh, subscribe to the show, Apple, Spotify, and uh, Google Podcasts. Also got a new episode of Let's Go Racing with David Starr coming out tomorrow on uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, and uh, YouTube as well. So we will uh, see you later on in the week. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the national championship, and we'll see you on the other side. So long, everybody.